morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Jacques. We are recording this on a beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, I did not tell the listeners that we were recording because I forgot. Uh, so we have no one live joining us live. but uh, uh, And we have no co-host. It is just the old stand boys, the old school old stand boys. Wow. We are not getting up to good stuff. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you want this to be off air? Like, then it won't be on YouTube at all. I mean, I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just... Uh, our videos keep getting taken off of YouTube because... Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So, okay. Yeah. We're, just, we're, we're just skipping a step. We're skipping no a step. Oh, because of the music issues? Copyrighted. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Because they keep catching our... Or they keep flagging up for copyright. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, don't... That's fine. Whatever. Uh, so, yes, you're listening to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. Uh, you can find us online at Gleeful Podcast on the Twitters at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward G. Ordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, you know, a little sleepy, but, uh, you know, it's early and uh, had a fun night with my husband last night. So That's true. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing new to report. All is well. Ed, how are things? Are you are uh, awesome. Last night was amazing for real. So Aww. I only got I Thursday going to Friday. I only got two hours of sleep because they were like, like leave at midnight and come back at eight a.m. at work. So I was like, whatever. That was that was tragic. But then we had our company Christmas party, and I won a fifty dollars gift card for a zip lining. Oh wow. And, and then, and then, then you're like, okay, well, that's pretty good. That's a good night. Like, nothing to get upset about. Then me, Allie, my boyfriend, and Emily went out to the bars. And then I won a dance contest for $100. I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, I was like, that's right. That's right, bitches. You were on a winning streak. Hey, we didn't pay the, the best part is we didn't pay the cover to come into that bar because they were just, we were just there. And they're like, you want to come in? I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. So, so. So, so I didn't pay to get in. I didn't buy a drink, and then I walked out with a hundred dollars. I mean, like, what? Hell's yeah! Nice. <laughs> that is a good. Well, it totally trumps my night, but um, but that's that doesn't. That does not trump your night. It you did. had a lovely night with your husband. I did have a lovely night with my husband. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. You. Uh, we we are back to uh, discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled The Hurt Locker Part 2, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, two days before the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't really care. I just, there's someone in the room who cares, so I just wanted to say. I, yeah, you guys are supporting the Seahawks, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, we are going to a party tomorrow filled with Patriots fans. So that I, it may be split, but the hosts are Pats fans. There we go. The hosts are Pats fans. Uh, but yes, so let's talk a little about The Hurt Locker too. Uh, we have some songs to listen to. This is another episode written by Ian Brennan, though he did not direct this one. And uh, we have some songs to listen to. We have some clean drama. Uh, and we have the continuing story of Rachel trying to find 12 members of the Glee Club, which, as Sarah Sue pointed out in this episode, is the only rule anyone remembers. Um, and is always shocked. And is always shocked when they are reminded uh let's go around the room jennifer what did you think about this episode i thought it was a nice kind of filler episode and i think more than ever it's completely abundant that they're going to do whatever is necessary to just give the fans a happy ending and you know like in, in Sue's whole, you know, orchestrating, you know, the, the, the clean, you know, reuniting and all this stuff. Um, it just, it's so clear. We're not going to get any more new information on, you know, the new performers, how they fill the rest <laughs> of the group is going to be completely implausible, but we're just going to accept it. And, you know, this episode was fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the music. Um, and it's, you know, in any other season, it would be like, oh, yeah, this was a nice filler episode just to kind of, you know, um, you know, set up a few things to happen in the future. But that's really it. And we only have like five or six more episodes. So 
I thought it was. I thought it was nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what kind of what you're saying is this is a really nice first half of the season episode, but there is not going to be a second half of the season. That is yes. Thank you. Uh, that's funny, Ed. Uh, what did you think of the Hurt Locker Part Two? For a season six episode, I would give it a a minus. For a general Glee episode, I'll give it a B plus. I mm. thought it delivered. Mm. Um, like it was kind of this is like all the payoff that Hurt Locker Part One was trying to get like trying to set up for. I think it delivered on. Um, my own my only complaint was like I felt like this whole I felt like they used the same joke twice in a row where Rachel would would like telegraph something she was gonna say and then she said it and then and then same thing with Kurt did the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> well, like you can't like oh yeah these. I thought it was inconsistent for both characters. I'm like, I, this isn't like, like this is not who these characters are. Not just like, obviously I'm not a writer for them, but I feel I don't know. It's it, it felt like it was inconsistent with their characters. Some of the action, some of the word, like how they did things and the mo- inner monologues. Yeah, you know, I I, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I actually agree pretty much with everything Ed said. I, I thought that this was a, uh, a, a I thought this was a great second half of the last episode. Um, and so where I didn't quite as much enjoy the last episode, I I mean, it could have just been that uh, I was two beers and a shot of whiskey into the evening, or that Jennifer and I had just had just had a very uh, nice meal in Culver City and a uh, chocolate mocha at a chocolate mocha store, which is like what where God lives um, in Culver City. He's so a I, now. I, I, I might have just been in a very good mood, but I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you what you said, Ed. I think that for season six, this felt kind of like an A minus for a general Glee episode. It was probably a B. Um, but in the what I liked about it is it really did kind of fulfill on all of the promises of the last episode. It was again Ian Brennan, so there was again a lot of absurdity, but I didn't feel that the absurdity went quite as far as the last episode. Like, it didn't get out of hand um, quite as well, much. Well, it, it seemed tame in comparison. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, By comparison, whatever. it was tame, and because the last episode had set up the level of absurdity that was allowable in Ian Brennan land, uh, it didn't bother me quite as much. There were just as many or there were several self-referencing rants uh, but not quite as many um, and you know one of our biggest conversations we've had on this podcast many many times is when the new directions competes we don't know why they won or lost well the we show- know why they won because the first because the, the vocal adrenaline sucked and the warblers were just meh that's why. Well, no, 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 no. But, but in this episode, they did give us a reason. Now, mind it, it was that they cheated. Well, but the, this episode yeah. did justify that win in a very <laughs> direct way. And I thought that's an issue I've always had. And they really did say, like, they won. And they won because they, you know, had a very specific reason. They really won for a reason. And you couldn't argue with that. This isn't a podcast where we're going to sit around and be like, did they really win? No, within the reality of this world that they they won. And and I I like that. I like that the show just kind of came up and owned it. So so for me, this, this was a fun one. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Uh not not you know in as much as i did have an amazing mocha immediately before so jennifer go ahead (laughs) you look like you wanted to say something i did but i i lost it um (laughs) yeah i don't know what happened there um yeah i mean it was yes you're right it was as um you know off the rails as the first part of the episode but uh but it still it still worked, and and that's why that's why to me it just feels like we're not going to see anything new. We're not going to see anything like really, <clears throat> excuse me, really groundbreaking or um, refreshing. It's just the next six episodes is just going to be, you know, whatever it takes to get a happy ending. Yeah, or five weeks or six weeks, depending on network preemption. That's <laughs> a great line. Yeah, I mean that's it. it it's like. Which is fine. <laughs> uh, so I would say the the show 
kind of kicked off with this uh, need to get Kitty back. We we got Kitty back. Uh, Rachel had to chase her down and try to convince her to join the Glee Club. So we got a bit of a return or a full return of Becca Tobin, probably or apparently the only 2.0 that we are going to see become a 3.0. Um, and for me, that was pretty interesting mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, you know, one, she's the only 2.0 that appears to be returning. Two... But uh, Kitty kind of fills a very interesting place, you know, where uh, where Rachel even said Santana was one of the worst things to happen to me. And yet she did make me better. You know, the Glee Club needs a queen bitch, I think was her exact line. Uh, And then we even got a bit of a window into what happened to the other people. You know, Kitty saying, I only got to stick around because I was needed for the Cheerios Mm -hmm. and kind of feeling abandoned by the other 2.0s leaving. Um, The show acknowledged its past a little bit, which it likes to kind of poke fun of its past or reference its past, but that it really acknowledged some of its past sins was interesting in that. And just having Kitty back to me was a fun energy to have back in the Glee Club. I I enjoyed seeing her around a lot. Uh, Ed, what did you think of having Kitty back in the episode? Well, Kitty Kitty fills the niche of Quinn. She's Quinn uh, and Santana to put together. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and she's like I don't know, like she's like the perfect person. Like she's in the perfect spot. I understand why. Well, I don't. It makes sense logically. Oh wow, logically, <laughs> logically, if you will, logically, uh, <laughs> logically, wow. why she's there. Um, I'm I'm glad. I think I feel like they, we could have probably have spared Unique, but maybe maybe we already spent all the time that we were gonna get with Unique. I feel like if there was any one storyline that actually had something else to say, maybe it was Kitty's. So I think it was I think it was the right decision. I follow her on Twitter, so I've made my declaration of who I like in this world. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. I I don't know that like if they had brought back Jake Ryder or Marley or even Unique, I don't know that there's a lot. Like, I think if they brought those characters back, we would be sitting here saying, you know, well, what are we going to see Unique do? And what are, well, are we going to get we, the we, update? Season five was not the Unique show, but we, we explored many topics with Unique. And not to say that, that just him being there would not have been good for the show or, but it's, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't necessary for the storyline. And I feel like Kitty... Kitty had something to offer. Yeah, it, well, and, and I think, like, if they were to bring back, like, Jake, Miley, and Ryder, wow, Jake, Miley. Marley, and Ryder, uh, and we spent, we, it, we'd end up in a whole conversation again of, like, Jarly versus Miter. I don't know what their Jider. name is. Um, but I, and by bringing back Kitty, like, Kitty just kind of is there. Like, she doesn't really have a plot line. She doesn't bring any baggage. She's able to just kind of walk into the new Glee Club, be interesting for an episode or two, and we won't spend the next five or six weeks, depending on network preemptions, uh, arguing over, is she getting enough screen time? Is she getting enough of a plot? Uh, I don't know. It's a, to me, it's an interesting addition, Jennifer. I mean, yes, she has a presence that you don't need a lot of time to explain and set up. So, yeah, it's perfect. And it and it is really the only logical sense that she was the one who stayed behind to stand Cheerios. Yeah, that's true. A lot of the other characters. That's it. And, you know, I mean, like we can speculate, you know, what the other actors are doing and why they weren't invited back and so forth. But the fact of the matter is they weren't interesting. They're not missed. (laughs) <laughs> They're not hurting anything right now by being absent. So They're all working. There you go. Let's, uh, you know, let's focus on the positive. And again, it's, you know, at this point, we're going to just get like some fun, crazy crap. That's it. Yeah. I think I mean, it's just going to be a crazy ride for the rest of it. And most people are going to get what they want. Nothing's going to be, you know, you know, crazy revelations and, you know, no, no new stories introduced. This is it. Yeah, we're, we're in just for gonna... at least two weddings. Yeah, <laughs> we're just watching this all play out. That's all. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it, we're, we're essentially just building toward a giant happy ending. I mean, like I everyone's guess, happy ending. Yeah, the only revelation is probably where Emma's body's buried. But <laughs> other than that, I think, you know, we know what's going to happen. So we had kind of a Kitty-Rachel uh, team up 
in this episode, which I thought was kind of unexpected and a little entertaining. I struggle with how much they look exactly the same age, though they're supposed to be I caught, they're supposed to be worlds apart in uh, their personal Yeah, Now, probably three to four years difference. That's they're right. They're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. That, so, but, She's uh, a senior. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, not too much to say about, not too much more to say about that. Do you guys have anything else to say about uh, Kitty's return? And we also got the football player's return. Ed, what did you think about uh, our new football uh, I, player? I forget his name, but yeah, football player. Totally anonymous. I, I feel like it's almost, I feel like it's almost a little untrue to his character as well. I was like, like, this isn't who this person is. And then all of a sudden he has like this deep harbored desire to yeah. being Gleek up. Like, I'm like, I like. I don't know if I missed the telegraphing, but I'm going to say probably not based on the writers. They just needed him to, they like, they said, they put him, they put him on the board and they were like, well, we need him to get there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. him over. that's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of an odd addition to me. I d- it didn't really ring true for me. We so. don't have time for truth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for reality here. We only have time for logic. Only for logic. And what's, you know what? At the end of the day, what's wrong with that? I mean, Things were implausible and not going the way we wanted, you know, somewhere between middle of season two, beginning of season three, up through season five, beginning of season (laughs) six. I'm like, you know what? We can't have it both ways. I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with like this, you know, fan service, like, hey, this is what you wanted. You know, you're, you're getting fun performances, you're getting quirky people, you're getting, you know, bitchy rants, you're getting all this craziness. I'm okay with that. Are you saying that season six of Glee is the fan, a 13 hour long uh, fan service movie? Because if so. No, I I honestly think, yeah, you know, now that you've said that, Jennifer, the first thing that came to my mind is, yeah, season six of Glee is pretty much written by Tumblr. Like it's crowdsourced via Tumblr. Yeah. And it's all being executed, um, you know, through the, you know, the string pulling and the puppeteering of Sue Sylvester. I mean, (laughs) and I'm okay with that. I really am. Nothing. I mean, this this season wasn't going to, you know, rewrite history. It wasn't going to make up for what we consider are the sins of the past of the show. It's just it's got to feel good. And let's just go with it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really funny. Let's uh let's take a listen to a New Direction song. So this I guess is kind of our first New Directions uh uh performance. Um, you know, as a as as a group. There's still only 6 of the 12 that they require, but you Shocker. know, they'll figure that out. Uh, apparently they do, they continue to not count the band. Maybe maybe all 6 will pair up and have kids and they'll each have twins very quickly. Very quickly and then they'll be, you know, enrolled Please. in <laughs> they, my my see my thought was all six of them will have twin uh, clone robots made of. Ooh, what I, there you go. Was, was what I thought, but yours makes sense too, <laughs> logically. Uh, I was also it was also funny at one point to realize that fifty uh, percent of the Glee Club is currently Cheerios plus a football player. So for being like a team of outcasts, not at all. Not even a little. Yeah, but even within their popular groups, they still are. So. Um, yeah, there you go. No, and it's 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 true because you know even the popular kids have, you know, problems or you know, issues. But um, I know what it is. Sue can make, um, like she made the the Al Roker dummy. She can make um, six more dummies to to <laughs> fill out. Definitely. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is It Must Have Been Love, originally performed by Roxette. If you don't like the song, punch yourself on my, and then be like, Josh, why'd you do that? Uh, this is It Must Have Been Love by Roxette uh, on the Gleeble Podcast.
you're too young to remember, this song is in Pretty Woman, which is a movie I've never actually seen. But the thing to remember about Roxette, there's actually two things you have to know about Roxette. One, they're Swedish. And two, they had awesome hair. So if you just just go on the YouTubes and look at Roxette, they always, like Per Gasol or Gessel or whatever her name was, always had amazing bleach blonde hair. And it was always short and cropped like a dude, but really high. Is this look I'm getting? You've never seen Pretty Woman? <laughs> never seen Pretty Woman. <laughs> really? Somehow how? I missed that one. I don't know how I missed that one. They do have good hair. I can't disagree with you. They, uh, they always they had do. expert yeah. hair. Yeah. That was like a rock set thing. And he always played the guitar where it was like between his legs for some reason. Like mm. Every song ended with him putting the guitar between his legs and playing the guitar. Like a giant penis. Rock set people. Where'd they go? I, I just they're alive. <laughs> yeah, they're still alive. I'm trying to Wikipedia them. Uh, so, in this episode, we had a plot line uh, in which Kitty stole Sue Sylvester's most emotional songs. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Sue Sylvester's most emotional songs are It Must Have Been Love by Roxette, Father Figure by George Michael, No Comment, and All Out of Love by Air Supply, which we will listen to at the end of the episode because people, Air Supply. Take it into your heart. I, I saw Air Supply live. Breathe it in. You did? Oh, at Epcot? At Epcot, <laughs> at Epcot, yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. I want to go to Epcot. They were, they were on the day after Javier Colon, whenever the voice is one. Oh, and, wow. That's right. And, and the day before Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we, but we also, in that, in that sequence of events, um, we... We also got to learn that apparently Sue Sylvester had a lot of hate or anger that was like released by listening to these songs. That was the one part of this episode that I did not get. So we're watching them. We're watching the New Directions perform these songs. And Sue Sylvester is going through like flashbacks of, I guess, all of the periods of her being slighted in her life. And that by watching these Major performances, disappointments. let go of her anger. I didn't, and now she's nicer. I don't know, Jennifer. Could you just explain that to me at all? I don't think she was nicer. I mean, I think they kind of used, you know, her emotional soft spots against her, obviously. To, you know, so now they won this invitational that means nothing to anybody. Um, so it's not that like I don't I don't think this is like a, a change a changed Sue. I mean. I think there are things that, you know, like, she, I think she's still going to challenge and and be a, a major obstacle for the New Directions. I don't think she's going to, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, do everything she can to help them to ensure that they win. But I, I think she's still going to challenge them. I don't know. It's like, I think I think they just, you know, knocked her off her game and... Interesting. Yeah, it felt to me like a weird kind of throwaway moment in the no, middle No, well, of I just thought it was... Well, I... I Yes, agreed. It was totally weird and <laughs> maybe throwaway, but it's like they found, you know, her Achilles heel tendon, whatever. <laughs> Ed, any thoughts on Sue's possible, uh, <laughs> I don't know, evolvement? Her heart grew <laughs> three no, no. sizes uh, Yeah, he, she's evolved until the next time they need a villain for a plot point. Sure. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> she's immune to evolution, I assume. She, she has a, she's holding an Everstone. Like they seem to be almost insinuating when they when she went into the hurt locker with Becky at the episode at the end of the episode that she was gonna like shut it down or something. Shut down the hurt locker. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did kind of forgive Will. She gave him back his dirty fork, and but she oh. said, you know, you ever do this to me again, and you know, it's over. <laughs> but for the a gazillionth time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, this softened her in the moment. Yes, it maybe helped her release some of the pain and pent up anger, but I don't think it's going to change her. I think she's still going to be a hard ass. And she even acknowledges uh, they won. I don't know how because they just sat on stools and sang in unison, giving it to the new directions, which was so true. They were literally just doing like they were. um, What do they call that? They call that step choreography, I think, where you're just having people walk in some kind of a choreographed pattern. Um, we had the continuing uh, story of Sue hypnotizing Sam to do things for her, which was very strange. Um, 
But Sue gave Sam what she proclaimed would be the three, the worst Glee Club set list that could possibly be performed. And so I thought I would recreate that Glee Club set list because these were all songs I knew and Jennifer did not. Never, uh, never Which is funny because I've sent you the music video for Ascension Millennium at least five times because it is worth watching five times. It is that batshit insane. I think, oh God, this sounds familiar. I think you tricked me into opening it once. I did not finish it. And mm-hmm. I think I knew better the next time. The 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 really, Josh. The yeah. video for Ascension Millennium is madness, and you have to watch it. And it's Corey Feldman in I believe it's actually his house with his actual wife. At one point, like like he he Corey Feldman, who like on his TV show with uh, Corey Haim, uh, heavily insinuated that he had some. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. He essentially heavily insinuated that he uh, was molested by Michael Jackson and yet is obsessed with Michael Jackson to the point where the single, the cover for the single for Ascension Millennium is him impersonating Michael Jackson. And he also wears the glove that he got from Michael Jackson in the video for Ascension Millennium. Here's a bit of the greatest song ever written by Corey Feldman, Ascension Millennium. Take it into your heart, Jennifer. I mean, it's fun. It sounds fun. He wrote this song. He has a rock band. This will be a the, 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 the real problem with that is just like the way he approaches those notes isn't how those notes like he's he's trying to make it a rock song and it is dude it isn't a rock it is song. so weird I get the feeling that's probably all he can do with his voice and you think he's been imitating Michael Jackson so long that that's all he has like, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, the the BGVs need to be stronger like I just I I th- it has potential I don't I think th- what was not wrong was the music sounded solid like it had like a nice pulsating synth on the top I was like oh that's fancy <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh let's take a little listen to the next song on Sue Sylvester's playlist this is entitled Dear Mr. Jesus uh, by Jalon Watts Dear Mr. Jesus, I just had to write to you Something really scared me when I saw it on the news A story about a little boy beaten black and blue Jesus, thought I'd take this ride to you Mr. Jesus, I don't understand why they took his mom and dad away. <laughs> I know that they don't mean to hit with wild and angry hands. Tell them just how big they are up So I, I 
according to Wikipedia, that was kind of quote unquote made famous by uh, a group called Power Source, uh, entitled Dear Mr. Jesus. Uh, I can't even, I really have no comments on that one that won't get me into lots of internet trouble. I so. mean, the, the, the chords are basic, so I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a song. <laughs> it is that. It I, is I, I, I will, I will fight for that fact. It is a song. And I then mean, last, oh, it's, ahead. I mean, it's, you know, there's a, a sweet sound to it. It's very sad. I mean, to me, it sounds more like it was written as a PSA. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, that's sincerely, but also well, country music seems to be very, you know, straightforward storytelling like three yeah. chords in the truth oh that was super i mean that song was like ultimately anonymous like yeah but so anonymous so um i never heard it when did that come out uh well the <laughs> original version uh came out in 1985 okay i have a, qu- wow. I have a question <laughs> is all of hollywood pandering to people who were in high school in the 80s yes uh, okay. because, because people they're running it. Uh, yeah, because people that were in high school in the '80s are currently running Hollywood. But like, it's just like, oh my god! Like, I, I, like, I don't, I don't dislike, I, I don't dislike the '80s. It's like so much '80s stuff happening right now. Yes. Although I will go see you, uh, but also society is pandering to the '80s. Uh, I, in a big as way. in general, you're right. All you're, you have to do is listen uh, to "Walk the Moon." Um, I mean, but anyway, Mars even. <laughs> yes, exactly. Without question. <laughs> okay, I went. Okay, side note: I went to an '80s cover band. <laughs> sure. 80s, and they, they all and. The only the only modern songs they would play were Bruno Mars. I'm like, what is this? What is this? That's okay. all right. <laughs> that was that was it. Apologies. Yep. Uh, lastly, on Sue's uh, playlist, we had this song, which is actually awesome. Uh, which is? This is "Justified and Ancient" by KLF, uh, featuring Tammy, Tammy Wynette. Uh, this song's amazing, and it was a huge hit in the UK. This is "Justified and Ancient," uh, KLF and Tammy. That's awesome. Like, any song that tells you what part of the song it's in, I'm good with that. Like, bring the beat back. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> you've got you've to watch this video. The video is also awesome. It is this huge production. And did Tammy Wynette really say they asked me to stand by the jam? Yes. Instead of stand by my man? Wow. That is a that is exactly what she said. Okay. So I like that they called her in Nashville and asked her to stand by the jams. Stand by my jam. <laughs> so that is jam good. Ed, uh, have you heard this one before? I have not, but you know, it I I like I like what it's doing for me lyrically. I, I, I feel like it could almost be a tale about trees. <laughs> it could be a tale about trees. I think it's actually a tale about uh, the KLF calling Tam. I think it's honestly a song about the KLF calling Tammy Wynette to do a song. Uh, but it makes me smile, and it was a huge hit. At one point. I mean, what, I mean, however you get it, like a great a great song can come from. From the weirdest places, like they're for real love song, like it. Like you never, you never know. You never know. When did this come out? I don't remember. Uh, I don't understand yeah. this whole like rap on it. I feel like it does. It, like it's fighting. I feel like it was trying to be on trend, but it's fighting what the song is trying to. Be. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're talking about ninety-one. Wow. Yeah, ninety-one. Uh, so that is Justified and Ancient <laughs> featuring Tammy Wynette by the KLF. Uh, that would have been Sue's. Sue's requested uh, playlist. Three worst songs. <laughs> wow. Three okay, worst I songs. Think, 
Yeah. I've definitely heard worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's take a listen to Father Figure, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about Clean, uh, which I think is pretty much all we have left uh, in this episode. This is Father Figure with Roderick on lead. Uh, First time we've heard from a 3.0. Well, I guess, yeah, because Kitty's now a 3.0. But uh, yeah, here's Roderick on lead doing Father Figure here on the Gleeful Podcast. In your eyes For just one moment To be bold and naked At your side Sometimes I think that you'll never Understand me Maybe this time is forever Say spend some time with the lyrics i will be no. your father no. figure no. put your tiny hand nope. in mine. it's fine no. the, the, the song the song feels emotionally correct and lyrically emotionally correct wrong. very correct <laughs> very emotionally, very emotionally correct. i Logical. love this song like i love george michael in this period george michael could do no wrong for about six years in this period like everything freedom come on faith. like so good faith come on so good Okay, and uh, okay, so you said um, that Roderick, you know, was the lead on this one, which is the first time we've heard from 3.0s. Actually, each 3.0 like pairing. Yeah, they, yeah, each pairing. So, so the first song was uh, Kitty and the Football Player, because that's just how they're going to be known as. And then <laughs> the next one is the Wonder Twins. That's true. So we didn't get anything from Jane. Jane. Uh, but solid uh, backups. I mean, solid she's, backups. <laughs> Well, she's yeah. the other girl. She's the other girl, She's traditionally yeah. been Mercedes. Yes, exactly. Mercedes. <laughs> uh, but no, so uh, we, we we had Klain in this episode. Klain uh, continuing uh, to find out that Sue is the world's biggest cleaner, trying to get Klain back together by trapping them in a fake elevator, which had a bathroom, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, <laughs> trapping them in a fake elevator with a bathroom. Uh, you know, fun fact. One of Jennifer and my first dates was to go see the movie Saw. Don't read too much into that. But uh, one of our first dates was to go see the movie Saw. And every year, almost like, well, pretty much almost to the day, every year, a new Saw movie would come out. And so for about seven years, uh, Jennifer would say, hey, Josh, how long have we been together? And I would say, I don't know. How many Saw movies are there? Uh, and that's how we it's could exactly tell how the conversation went too. Literally, exactly like yes. that. Uh, I have an affection for Saw. I have an affection for uh, that sequence. As far as my affection for Klain, I thought this was a sweet way to spend time with them. It, what, the thing that I liked about this sequence with Klain is that it reminded me that beyond all the songs and beyond all the plot lines and all the silliness with Max Adler, um, you know, Darren Chris and Chris Colfer just have a really nice chemistry when you just let them be on screen next to each other. When you just let them have a quiet moment, they have a very rare, honest connection uh, in a TV show. And that's why this entire plot line, as absurd as it was, really worked for me. Just to remind me of that and remind me why I give a crap about yeah. these two characters. Well, it was really, it was really rewarding to see them remind each other, you know, and remember why they were a couple or, you know, or why they were friends. And it's like, because we got to, we learned more about them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Just hearing them, you know, 
play that little game together and just talking. And it was a really special moment that we never got to see them, you know, like we, we saw them become, we saw them meet, we saw them, you know, grow an attraction. And then we saw like all of these circumstances that progressed their relationship, but we never saw them, you know, we never, we never saw the moments that like built that relationship and friendship. So I thought it was really sweet and it was just really smartly done. You're right. They're just adorable together <laughs> and how could you not, they're just, you know, they're so sweet. Yeah. It was, it was just nice because it also usually in these plot lines where like you have two characters that are separated and you're just kind of working them back together over the course of a season. Um, I don't know. It was, it was just nice to get a, a brief reminder of why we're doing that. Like why we're working so hard to to see them be brought together, which obviously we know they will be brought together by the end of the season because the world will explode if they don't. Um, and, and so to just take some time and kind of let them be was very sweet. Ed, what did you think about Clayne in this episode? Um, I mean, it made me believe in Clayne again, ironically enough or conveniently enough for the show. Uh <laughs> I, yeah, that's how I feel. Like I was like, I wanted, I want them, I want them to be together. At least, I want them to be together long enough so they can escape Lima. There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of nice. I liked the little. Uh, th- they had like a food. What? what or a, a food? They had a food. There was like a, a basket. Of basket. Food. Yes. Wasn't it a breadstick basket of? From breadsticks? Was I it breadsticks? So. I didn't yeah. catch that. Well, yeah, oh, was about, but and... for the record, I was wrong about the older guy. We did see him again. I thought. I thought That's I true. Him. We saw him again. And that was even a fun scene. That was like a very charming, uh, you know, comical scene. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple. Like another Ian Brennan hallmark is you get random scenes which don't really feel necessary to the larger plot but that moment with walter was kind of cute at the beginning of the episode and then the whole thing with michael hitchcock uh the coach of the deaf choir showing (laughs) up as a police officer which had really nothing to do with anything except to let michael hitchcock who's a writer on the show so probably appreciated having a moment um got got to have michael hitchcock on the show for whatever reason that was kind of hilarious um, yeah, and then uh, I think the only other real thing I think worth uh, kind of discussing is it looks like Mr. Schuster's days at uh, Vocal Adrenaline are numbered <laughs> as he had a run-in with one of his guys who apparently is not very happy with the way he's been leading the uh, the group. Good. Um, About time someone figured this out. <laughs> now, is that your takeaway, Ed? Like, Mr. Schuster, like, he, you know, somebody should be laying down the law on this guy. <laughs> Like, like the only person who's got Mr. Schuster right was Sue from the beginning. Like that's <laughs> we've all been delusional and thought that she was wrong, but she was right. Although <laughs> about him, you know, the kitty said some really sweet stuff about him, and I thought that yeah, was but nice. I, but I was like, she said the sweet stuff. I was like, no, like when I was listening to that, I was like, I don't believe you, kitty. I was like, like she, when she first said she was supportive, and, and I was like, what? And then she said the thing about. The friends, I'm like, oh, okay, I believe the friends and the outcast stuff. Yes, yes, I pro that. But the, the Mr. Shoe was useful. No, don't, don't, <laughs> don't be delusional. Kitty. No. I have more respect for you than that. <laughs> well, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I, it does seem like they're setting up Mr. Houston's triumphant return to the New Directions, so that when uh, Rachel and Kurt go back to New York he will stay behind and return to the new directions. Is that what you guys think? Uh, that's, sure. that's how it feels to me. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I would like, I would prefer in the last episode of Glee to have like a five minute montage of various people throughout, like throughout the future of Glee, like the Glee okay. clubs at William McKinley. And like, it's like <laughs> just new people growing up and like, they're like, and, they, and then it's, at the end, it's like guy with cybernetic implants and just like, <laughs> oh, like it's no. just, He's going, like, he keeps wrote, like just the pictures of them winning nationals every year in the future. And then <laughs> just be looking out, you know, in about 15 to 18 years, look for, you know, a tall redhead kid named Daniel Finn, who will be, you know, Will, will has to teach his son to love the Glee Club. No, Daniel Finn is going to grow up to be a football player and break Will's heart. He will hate music. <laughs> he will hate performing. 
will want nothing more than to do math and speak Spanish all day long. <laughs> the two things that Will could never teach. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to some voicemails. Uh, let's take a long trip to Canada and uh, Canada. and uh, visit with listener Christina, I believe. Or not. Come on now. Work for Josh. Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Christina from Canada. I just wanted to call in mostly because this was the last season of Glee, and by extension, your last season of Gleeful Podcast. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank you for all of your hard work. I stopped watching Glee back in, I think, season two, when I discovered I wasn't watching the show anymore because I was rolling my eyes so much during it. But I kept listening to your podcast and have continued to listen, even though I literally haven't watched the show in years. This is how amazing your podcast is. I think it's really my favorite podcast of all podcasts. Your show is consistently amazing, and I'm truly going to miss it when the show goes off the air. Ed, your wild theories and speculation always make me laugh. I think you have a great feel for what music works and what character interactions on the show work the most. I am most especially going to miss your Big Brother shout-outs, even though we disagree about Ra- Rachel Riley. And yes, Amazing Race Canada is awesome. Hopefully we'll get one last Cherise quote in the tail end tag before the show closes for good. Jen, you have a beautiful voice, and it's easy to listen to you, and I think you'd make a great counterbalance to the two guys. Your opinions are so articulate and thought out. I've also creeped your Etsy page, and you are a wonderful artist. Cutest cake toppers ever. Thank you. Josh, I think Glee should have hired you as a writer. Your script idea sounds so much better than anything that seems to have happened on the show, and I'm continuously finding myself saying, wow, what a great idea, whenever you throw out a storyline concept. If only Ryan Murphy had bothered to listen to your podcast, (laughs) his show probably would have been much better. And don't listen to the others. The Twitter is much funnier and so perfectly old man. (laughs) To all three of you, your knowledge of music and the arts are far above anything I could have imagined receiving from a podcast. Together you've created something special, and I want to thank you for putting the time and the money into the podcast. All the best and much success in everything each of you does in the future. So as the fire trucks pass, I raise my glass and thanks. I'll miss you, Gleeful Podcast. Thank you. I don't listen to him ahead of time. That was so nice. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm thank you, Christina. This is that is the the sweetest um sweetest <clears throat> voicemail and I'm I am crying here. That was so but sweet. Thank you know you. what? As much as we've talked about, you know, this ending, I forgot. This is ending. This is en- yeah, and oh, in, in okay. 5 weeks or 6 given network preemptions. Yeah, we will we will be ending at Thanks least the lot. gleeful podcast. Um we we might continue in some form or another, but uh yeah. Jennifer and I still continue to talk about doing a lifetime original movie podcast. Yes. And and Ed, I'm with you. I I still think about new names for your sci-fi fantasy book month <laughs> book club uh podcast so um we'll make that happen because <laughs> i think that'll be a, that'll be a blast all right oh okay everybody every, everybody thank take you. a deep breath thank, thank you thank you christina you. let's let's thank get back to the being epic <laughs> that yeah. was amazing <laughs> hey guys listen to sammy here buckle Yay. up because i've got a lot to say about this episode <laughs> <laughs> the term worst episode ever is thrown on a lot these days and in the grand tradition of the spanish teacher and previously unaired Christmas special, we have a new contender for the throne. Sue's creepy obsession with Kurt and Blaine has moved beyond ridiculous and was clearly the Glee writers blatantly and ruthlessly mocking the most loyal and biggest portion of the fan base to stick around with the show thus far, the claim <laughs> fans. At first it was like, <laughs> okay, that's weird. But this week it moved from weird into painful and really kind of insulting if you're a claim fan. I'll admit, I've been a part of this fandom since the beginning, and I've seen some crazy go down, mostly from the cleaners. But good lord, they're still here when so many fans have jumped shit, give them what they want without actively mocking them. They're mostly the only ones left, for God's sake, and it's not a mortal sin to want a fictional couple to have a happy ending. But on that note, how can you mock a pairing so much but still have them be the only focus on the whole show? <laughs> I feel like they beat the Blaine and Karofsky joke to death, and this whole Kurt and the older man's storyline makes no sense. But then we had to sit through the entire vocal adrenaline and warbler performances straight through, but when we finally get the very first ever new New Directions number that we've all been waiting for, you're going to cut to a clean scene? And on top of that, what the heck was up with the weird Sue Sylvester flashbacks during the other two songs? I mean, geez, can't we watch one song of these new kids uninterrupted? Because, spoiler alert, they're pretty good. Literally, the only thing we were watching in this episode was the New Directions numbers, which we barely even got to watch. I would say, why did they win 
but at least they took a minute to set that up with two secret playlists. Not that the win meant anything, because essentially these two episodes were a huge waste of screen time for a show that has seven episodes left. I just... I don't even know anymore, guys. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. Oh, blood pressure down. <laughs> Moving on. Well, I saved my few positive thoughts for last. I really liked Rachel and Kitty's scenes. They make an interesting team, and it's fun to see Kitty step up to the head bitch in charge. And have mad spy games. Roger killed his number, and it was really nice to hear him sing again. Becky being the voice of reason to see madness was actually pretty funny. Her commentary during the video montage, she was watching this crisis. <laughs> but isn't this a dream sequence? How did you record this? <laughs> but if they don't pull a Seinfeld and have Sue end up in jail at the end of the series, there will have been no point to anything Sue's done all season. Anyway, I think you guys can guess my grade for this week. I still look forward to hearing what you guys and the other listeners have to say about it. Bye. <laughs> the best part of that is when Sammy like ran herself out. <laughs> She's like, ah! Okay. Take a breath. <laughs> and the funny thing is I'm listening, it's like I don't disagree with everything <clears throat> that she said. Or... No, totally. Yeah, no. I mean she's the thing is is she brings up a really good yeah. point. I've never been like a hardcore cleaner, but the show has not been particularly I don't know. I mean, I guess I didn't think that this episode was really making fun of the cleaners. Um, but it, it is, it, I mean, arguably I can see that it has not been particularly respectful to them mm-hmm. and she's absolutely right. Yeah. Cleaners are kind of the last great fandom on this show. Like there's certainly not a huge Samchel contingent and I don't think we're going to get any like, you know, Quinchel by the end of the series. So th- you, you kind of just have to like, they, they deserve yeah. a little bit more respect. Yeah. Yes, ag- agreed. Um, but again, I think like you, I didn't take the whole, you know, like Sue's absurd, you know, manipulation and, and setup of this, you know, reunion, forced reunion. I didn't take it as disrespect. It's just kind of like one of those quirky over the top things that, you yeah. know, the show is doing now. But at the same time, I, but I, I, get it. I get, I totally get Sammy's yeah. point where like, yeah, as, as, as a, as the last great ship on the show, um, you know, the, the, the last ship that anyone really cares about on the show to see them kind of manipulated into it is, is, you know, not the way I think a lot of people would like to see them go. And I totally respect that. Uh, wow. We, we got two voicemails while we were recording this episode. So let's take a listen to them. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Josh and Ed, this is Sarah. Um, I literally just got finished watching The Hurt Locker Part 2, maybe like five minutes ago, and <laughs> what the hell was that? I mean, <laughs> what? I what was that? I don't... That was awful. And it's interesting because, you know, last week I was watching The Hurt Locker Part 1, and I was thinking, like, this show is so weird. It's probably the weirdest show on, you know, well, I don't know. The weirdest show I watch on television right now, and it's, like, weird and wonderful and quirky and, you know, and then this week I had the complete opposite reaction of, like, this is not good. Uh, Anyway, sorry, I can't even talk. I'm so, like, blah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the whole Sue thing, you know, last week I know, like, people mentioned, um, they were really uncomfortable with the hypnosis thing, which I can see, but I guess it didn't really bother me. But this week, the elevator thing, that was too far. Even for Sue, who we know is a character that often goes too far. I was just thinking the entire time, like, you know, this is a grown woman who is obsessed with, like, basically, I mean, what, they're like two, three years out of high school? You know, still adolescent kids, like, their relationship and I know she's sort of supposed to be speaking for, you know, um, the audience, but I don't know. It just made me extremely, extremely, extremely uncomfortable. And I couldn't even enjoy the, you know, like timeless cliche of having two people stuck in an elevator and working out their differences because it was just so creepy. It was just <laughs> so creepy. And, you know, I, I have a, a a curtain plane shipper, I guess, you know, and I want them to get back together just as much as, you know, the, the diehard cleaners. But 
I was like, you just, you ruined that for me. Like, what the heck? Um, anyway, I guess the only good thing I can say about this episode, because it certainly was not the music, was that I'm happy to see that Kitty is finally um, back on New Direction. She was the only one from the 2.0s that I actually really liked, so that's good. Um, but other than that, yeah, what a, like, disappointing episode, especially because I really did like the first half of The Hurt Locker. Um, yeah, I hope that, uh, I don't know, I hope you guys enjoyed it more than I did or somebody got some enjoyment out of that, like, 42 <laughs> minutes of Drek. But, um, yeah, anyway, um, can't wait to hear the show. Bye. Well, thank you, listener Sarah. You know, it's, it's funny because usually um, the voicemails are kind of I don't want to say like retreading or the usually like the voicemails are listeners saying different versions of what we've already said, but that's two, two listeners in a row who are on a totally different wavelength, yeah. which I'm really glad you guys called in because yeah. I didn't really dawn on me to have that kind of a reaction, but, uh, you know, two in a row is, is impressive. It really yeah. means something. And I guess, I mean, maybe it's just because I decided <clears throat> that, you know, any, any plausible any any hope for like a, a, a plausible like serious resolution to the series i i gave up hope for that you gave up <laughs> so i think i just you know along for the absurdity and also knowing that it's oh going to end so mm. i'm not looking at this like okay you know this is this is just a weird patch in one season, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out next season or something like that. So for me, it's, yeah, I'm just approaching it a whole different way. Interesting. Cause I think, I think if this were season five, you know, because I, I, once again, you know, things that Sarah pointed out, I, I, you know, she's right, mm. but it just didn't, it didn't hit me like that because I think, um, you know, just my expectations and my, just the way I'm viewing the season is very different. Well, and I, I, I'm starting to wonder, like, particularly with this episode, um, if I should watch every episode for the rest of this season after having uh, a mocha from that incredible mocha store, <laughs> because I'm like, maybe I was just in a really good mood. They ground their own cocoa nibs. It was it's, unbelievable. They have, like, the, the cocoa pods hanging in the store. They had a, a mocha cool menu. Place. Like, yeah. it was a menu just for... And then they had, a, they had two menus. One was only mochas, and one was only hot chocolates. It was unbelievable. Maybe there's something else in there. <laughs> some little hallucinogens. Uh, here we go. We got one more uh, One more verse. Hey there, Gleeful. Um, Joey's Baby 956 here. I'm uh, calling to give some thoughts on The Heart Walker Part 2. Um, I want to say this straight out. I really, really enjoyed the first part of uh, Heart Walker much more than the second. Huh. Um, even saying three that three. as someone yeah. who absolutely adores Clayne, favorite couple. Um, I think there was a couple moments that I enjoyed, um, but they were very few. Um, one was all the stuff of Kitty I love. I adore Kitty. Um, and I very much enjoyed the scene with Spencer, although Spencer um, him saying that he doesn't want to be seen as gay name. when he is gay. Yeah, it didn't quite that didn't really make sense. Um, that's about it. I really enjoyed the stuff with Kitty. I enjoyed the New Direction song. I enjoyed the Warbler song. Um, however, I really disliked the claimed plotline. Surprisingly, um, I think there would have been better ways to get them to the point where they kind of realize that they're not over each other. Um, instead of Sue illegally locking them in an elevator and asking <laughs> them to kiss. Um, and, like, not like a smooch, but, like, going at it. And I was like, it's just really creepy that this, like, 40-something-year-old woman is basically asking them for gratification for whatever reason. Um, and it just, the fact that it was something that was, like, a, a do-or-die situation uh, really kind of disturbed me actually because neither of them wanted to i mean really the only reason that they did it was to get out of the elevator which is dumb <laughs> um with that being said i did enjoy the um heads up scene that was uh it, it took place in the elevator uh, mostly because it didn't have anything to do with jigsu um and i can pretend that she wasn't the one who walked it in there um <laughs> so yeah I wasn't okay with that, and still not really okay with the Sam Joel 
influenced Sue has. She just went way overboard in this episode for me. I felt like last week I loved Wacky Zane Eagly being back. And this week I kind of hated it. Mostly just because, I don't know, I feel like you need to balance it. I think that's why. I think I needed a balance between Zany and Absolutely Crazy and Overboard. And this week it was just way too much and I didn't find it enjoyable, um, which is sad because I had very high expectations. So um, that being said, I'm excited to see what you guys think. Bye. Thank you, Joey's Baby956. And now go indoors because you sound like you're out in that snow right now. Yeah, you, you sound like super cold. So cold out there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, she's making me cold. Um, uh, okay, you no, know, but thank you so much. And, and that you're right, Jennifer. That's three for three. three we for totally three. missed the claim. Well, and okay, but I, I, I think I'm gonna disagree here because Kurt, <clears throat> Kurt wanted, you know, I, I don't know. I do believe, you know, Kurt. Even though he says, you know, he, he's over them, he accepts that they're over, he accepts, accepts, you know, that Blaine has moved on. I don't believe that he has, and I think in his heart, you know, this is something that he wanted to do. I just, I think in their hearts, you know, I think there's obviously something there. So, yeah. Although I do feel bad because, you know... Um, Blaine is in a relationship and you know he was essentially forced to cheat it's an interesting point I mean, and he did yeah. you know he even mentioned uh, Karowski affectionately you know in that yeah. in that sequence that's a really good point interesting well uh, yeah I mean uh, yeah maybe we watched it too late at night after just <laughs> well, having it, too it much depends, of a funny okay, evening it, dep- it really all depends who you see as the hero in this or or the and if you, if you if Kurt is your if Kurt is your vocal point, you're gonna you're this gonna tip in tip well ultimately. But if Blaine is your vocal point, you're like, well, I don't know. Ah, that's it's very not, true. It's not. It's like it depends. It depends who you're rooting for in this situation. Yeah, interesting. Well, I still think most people are rooting for them together. There, there are like as the one listener said, like this is one wasn't. There are better ways to get Clay together, but. Yeah. Are they as efficient as this? <laughs> are they as ridiculous and over the top? And I mean, th- that's the other thing too. It was so over the top. I couldn't even begin to put, um, you know, rational thought of how wrong it was <laughs> to that's force them funny. to do that because that's, it was so yeah. ridiculous. Applying real world logic to it was a bit of a. And come on, Kurt's been in that school. You know, they've both been in that school now for how many days, and all of a sudden. <laughs> They think an elevator got installed and they didn't see the construction crew. I mean, like there's I had the same reaction. And I think I think that's why it's like, yes, if you if you look at the individual acts, you know, out of context, like just as they stand on their own, there's all sorts of wrong going on here. <laughs> but in the big picture, it's so you know, so off the rails that I, I think that's why I couldn't even begin to put real world logic and sense to it. Yeah. No, I, that's it. I think I, I think I had the same reaction. Yeah. I think I had the same reaction. Uh, well, that's about it for uh, us. Ed, do you have anything else you want to say about the episode? Uh, no, I think we're see you next week. Uh, maybe Sunday night, probably or okay. Saturday night. Saturday, maybe Saturday. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll play it by ears. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, figure it out. We'll see. See. Jennifer, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, no, I think covered. I enjoyed all the music. I think that's part of it too, because I'm like, oh, this is like, you know. <laughs> yes. My name is Jennifer. I grew up in the '80s. <laughs> I liked the music. I don't know if I, I is is are the is Gleason Six like actively avoiding modern music? You know, like, they are definitely. I, I I will say that like they are almost avoiding it. You're right. Um, it, 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 they could use, you know, some uptown funk I think, or some, I mean, you know, they could, blank they could page. use some funk. They really could. Yeah. Uh, well, that's about it for us. Uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed, I am Josh. I'm Jen. And I hope that Kurt, uh, has a got a good, uh, uses blank space as a, uh, vehicle to get Blaine out in the next episode. <laughs> good night, or that's, good that's day. <laughs> good day, everyone. <laughs> okay, bye. And carry me home.
radio pop song ever <laughs> so lost without you i know you were right believing for so long 